welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you, and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. I am your host, Jerry Ors. Today we will be talking about The Good Lie, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart, and Postman Pat. Right now we're talking to Raven about The Good Lie. How are you doing today, Raven? I am doing very well. Very How good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing very good. Thank you. So, can you tell us what The Good Lie is about? Absolutely. So The Good Life starts off in Sudan um, at the time of the Sudan Civil War, which started in the 80s. And it pretty much follows a group of young children as they flee from Sudan um, to a refugee camp in Ethiopia. And this involves um, them pretty much walking um, these like thousands and thousands of miles to get to where they're going. And um it it follows all of the trials and tribulations they go to, and then it um, catches back up with them as they're in their adult life now. They've been in the refugee camp for 13 years, and they get sent off to America to, you know, sort of quote-unquote start new, better lives and get jobs and, you know, finally be free, and... Um, it is uh, three boys and one girl who get sent off to America, and... Um, the girl who's their sister, Avital, gets separated from them and sent to Boston. So the remainder of the boys are sent to live in Kansas um, in a little apartment, and they meet up with Reese Witherspoon's character, who plays a um, like a job agent, kind of, and she helps sort of find jobs for them. And it really is just a story following, you know, their journey and everything that they've gone through to get from, um, you know, a war-stricken land in Africa to sort of the quote-unquote dreamland in America and still the trials and the hardships that they go through once they've come to America. Oh, wow. So this is a very complex plot. I saw the trailer and I have to say it looked pretty sad. Is this true? Um, this is a very, very sad emotional film, especially because um, it's something that actually did happen. Uh, the South Sudan or the Sudan Civil War happened between Sudan and what is now South Sudan, and it happened from 1983, I believe, to 2005. Um, but just recently, Sudan started having a war again. So this is something that is still going on. And in the film, it's not addressed in a very light manner. It's addressed in a very raw real way so you're watching um these little kids being you know shot to death by soldiers and you know you're watching these kids um watching everyone they love die and still like having the courage to fight all of these illnesses that they're battling and um you know walking across like two countries to get to safety and so it is a very very emotional raw film for sure oh wow that sounds very sad but also, I saw that there was a bit of comedy. Do you think this was right or wrong? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily comedy. There are some more lighthearted moments, um, especially when the boys get to America. And there's definitely um, a few funny parts, I'd say, because there's a scene where um, the boys, they go to a cattle ranch um, so that Reese Witherspoon's character can talk to her boss and try to figure out what to do since they had just gotten fired from their jobs and she has no idea what to do. And they're asking um, 
the rancher, they're like, is there any dangerous animals we should be aware of, such as lions? And it's kind of like a funny moment because it's like, oh, haha, there's no lions. But for them, they've like never come to this country before. They're in a completely new space and nobody is telling them anything at all. And so I'd say there are a few lighthearted moments, but not necessarily comedic moments. Hmm. Well, I definitely think that is definitely a, well, right choice. So, do you think this is more... Is this based off a true story, actually? <clears throat> um, well, it's, it is based off of a true story, since so many um, young men have made this journey. They're called the Lost Boys of Sudan, actually. And, um, you know, they're all over the place. They just get sort of relocated. Um, but the characters in this story are fictional. Um, so there was no, like, Paul and... and um, Jeremiah and Mamir and all these characters that you have in um, this film, but the story itself is based off of so many refugees' stories. You're listening to the Voice of America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Orth, and today we are talking about The Good Lie, Alexander the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart, and Postman Pat. Right now we're just talking about Raven, how... This is not based off a true story, but a lot of this stuff that happened to other people. So, Raven, there's actually some pretty good actors and actresses in this film. How did they do playing these pretty, well, dramatic roles? Um, actually, the main characters, um, only one of them was a trained actor. Um, actually, all of the uh, the main characters, uh, such as Mamere, who is played by Arnold um, Osheng, he is the actually only person who was trained to be an actor, but all of the other um, people who play refugees, such as Jeremiah, um, Paul, and Abedal, and like Theo, they are actually real Sudanese refugees and um, former child soldiers. Um, and so that is how they got the part in this uh, film, is because they actually lived through this stuff. Um, I actually got to talk with Gerduani, who plays Jeremiah, and Emmanuel Jal, who plays Paul, who are two of the main characters, um, and some of the Lost Boys that come over. And they really did survive the um, South Sudan Civil War, and they really did stay at a um, refugee camp in Ethiopia. And they were taken from their families when they were seven years old and made into, um, you know, child war soldiers. And so... Um, yeah, I think they did an amazing job, especially retelling something that was so traumatizing and that they survived. Wow, that's, well, that's horrible, and I'm happy that they were able to talk about it. So, mm -hmm. I know this is a movie, but it sounds a lot, of, a, a lot like a documentary. What do you say it would be, a documentary or a movie? Um, it's a movie, because like I said, it's not following um, real characters, even though the people playing these characters really did go through this, and it really is a journey and something that so, so many people have gone through. Um, but it's, it's not a documentary. Well, that's good, and it really looks like a fantastic, fantastic film. It is and a beautiful film, for sure. So, uh, what do you think your favorite scene is? Oh, gosh. I don't know if I have a favorite scene, only because um, so much of the film was so powerful. Um, but I think probably one of my favorite parts of the film was probably the first 30 minutes. Because the first 30 minutes are set in um, Africa. And it just follows these um, kids, the child actors who play these characters, um, going through 
this journey and it is so raw and so powerful to see these little little kids um none of them are older than like 12 years old just facing such hard times and it's so inspirational because they fought and they lost so many of their loved ones and they were just little kids and they still are very positive people and they still have so many hopes and dreams and ambitions and it's um, very inspirational to see that. Wow, I think that is a perfect, perfect answer. That that looks sounds like a fantastic scene. I think I would choose the same thing. <laughs> What do you think your favorite character is? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I really like all of the three um, main characters, the boys that come over, like I said, Mamere, uh, Jeremiah, and Paul, um, especially because I got to meet two of the actors, and they were just uh, some of the most like inspiring people I've ever met because I don't know, like they've, like I said, they've gone through such hardships and they still have so much wisdom and so much life to them and they're not broken and they're not, you know, damaged souls. They're so strong because of what they've gone through and um, the actors show that and the characters show that and I think all of the characters are so beautiful in their own way. Hmm. Well, that's a, I, so you pretty much say that you love all the characters. I do. I do love all the characters. And Reese Witherspoon does a fabulous job in this because at first I was like, oh, this is going to be like a Reese Witherspoon movie. It's going to be kind of like the blind side. And I love the blind side for sure. Um, but when I walked into this movie, it's, it's not a Reese Witherspoon movie. She's not the main character. I mean, her role's important, but she's not like the focus of the film, which I really, really like because this is something that a lot of Westerners don't really know about. And so I think it's really good that they didn't skirt around um, the story of these refugees and just focus on Reese Witherspoon's character. And I think she did a really amazing job um, supporting these characters and giving them um, the attention and the light that they need to be heard by our world. Well, that sounds fantastic. Thank you so much for talking to me, Raven. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course. If you want to see The Good Light, it goes out in theaters near you November 14th. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. It's Kids and Cars. If you could get behind the wheel of your favorite hot car, where would you take it? Join your hosts, who are both car enthusiasts, as they take you inside, on the road, and past the pits with your favorite concept cars. This is your chance to burn rubber and leave the others behind in the dust. Tune in to Kids and Cars, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. If you miss the show, you might as well be stuck in the garage. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. 
Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We just talked about the good life, and next we're going to talk about Alexander the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart, and Postman Pat. Right now I'm talking to Brianna about Postman Pat. How are you doing, Brianna? I'm doing fabulous. How are you? Very good. Thank you. So, can you tell the listeners the story of Postman Pat? I shall. So, Pat, voice of Stefan Mangan, a small-town postman. And when I say small-town postman, I mean, like, very, very small town. Like, throughout the film, you see around the same people, so it seems more intimate. Um, he, When you have a priority list, um, basically, you know what to do first and you know what to do last. And so, like, basically, a husband's or father's priority list would be, like, his family, then himself, and then other people. But he gets that mixed up when he enters a popular TV talent show competition because a lot of the times when people get famous really fast and really quickly, they lose sight of what's really important. So while that is going on, while his whole emotional roller coaster is going on, Mr. Carbuncle, voice of Peter Woodward, is trying to take over the postal company with robots that look like Postman Pat. So it's... Mm -hmm. Kind of confusing, but not really. Yeah, it, you know, I would watch that as well. And I have to say, it's a very complex plot, but they made it flow very well. Do you yeah, agree? I do. Because when I read it, not read it, not, okay. When I read the like synopsis and the plot and um, I saw the trailer for it before I watched it, I was like, well, there's like three stories going on at once. So I don't really know how that's going to play out. But they really did intertwine them very well, everything. And everything, they had bits and pieces of stories intertwined and mixed together. And it flowed really nicely. Hmm. Well, very nicely. And this related to kind of the flowing question. What do you think of the directing? The way the characters move around and the story itself? Well, the director was Mike Disa. Um, I, I feel like he did a good job. I feel, well, actually, I feel he did a great job. It's just that, like, in the beginning when Pat is with his family... And you know how they have like this picture perfect, um, picture perfect like uh, his his um, son comes home. He plays football before work. He's like, "Hi, honey," and blah blah blah. And I don't know if he was going for pitch picture perfect because he may have been because this whole film was kind of like everything is going by the book and everything is going as it should. Um, or I don't know. I just felt like it was very very unrealistic. I mean, some of the situations were realistic, but that first scene really got to me because it was like, that is not how, um, that's not how most of, most of American families and most of the world's fam families are because it's not just everything is happy. But other than that, the cinematography was good. Um, the way the characters interacted with each other, uh, like the way they fed off each other was really good. So, mm, Well, very good. What do you think of the voices for Postman Pat and all of that? And I'm asking this question because I know there's two actual voices for Postman Pat. One was the sinking and one was the normal. Do you think that was the right choice? Okay, well, I feel like, well, okay, so the singing voice for Postman Pat was Renan Keaton, T Keating. And then obviously the actual voice, like the speaking voice was Stefan Mangan. So they're two different people. And I wanted to see, I didn't want to think about it before I watched the film. I didn't want to think about why, um, why they did that before they, before I watched the film. So I watched the film and, um, 
I I don't know personally why they did it because most of the time, like it's them, like as the singing voice and the speaking voice. But sometimes people are not able to sing as well, but they can they can deliver a line um, very very well through animation. So I think that's the reason why why they did that. But I also think that like. His voice, Stefan Mengen's voice as Postman Pat, was very distinctive. And Ronan Keating's voice as a singing voice, I felt like it was different. Like, you know, like you can hear someone's voice in the way they sing. I feel like that's it. And I didn't feel that from him when he was singing. I felt like it was someone totally different. And I, and I know it was. I just don't feel like I should feel that, if you get what I'm saying. Hmm. I think I do. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Ors, and today we were talking about The Good Lie, and we are talking about Postman Pat, Alexander the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, and Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart. Right now we're talking to Brianna, and we're just talking about how there's two different voices for the main character, but it kind of worked out in this situation, right? Yeah, for the most part, it did. Hmm. And what do you think of the sets of, well, the sets they put it, kind of small town to big town? Do you think it was really right? Because in one place they go was kind of like a skyscraper for a headquarters, even though this was supposed to be a small town. But what do you think? Well, well their set is basically animation. I mean, it's obvious that it's animation. Um, so there really isn't a set type thing, but like... What the what they showed was like the small town and I guess kind of big town. With the small town, it was like it had small town aspects of it. Like you could tell that oh, this is like the streets were very like cozy and and everything else. Everyone, everybody, I should say, everyone, everybody, um, was very close knit. They knew everyone. Um, Postman Pat knew everyone. And but with the big corporation, the SDS Postal Company. Uh, that was a big thing in in the small town because we live in um, I live in Claremont, so which is it right now? <laughs> it's a small town, and and they and everything's very intimate because I know almost not almost everyone, but I know a lot of people, and it's a very small town. But then we have like Walmart and these big and these big um be, these big industries. But that doesn't make it a city; it just makes it a small town with big industries, I guess you could say. Hmm. And I want to ask you about his side cat. His, well, yeah, his side cat. His sidekick is a cat. As when he delivers mail, it's a cat. Do you think that's a kind of perfect touch for pretty much a kid's film? Or back to what you're saying, a bit too fake? Well, I don't think that people don't have cats because so many people have cats. And some people have a great relationship with their cat. Like, their cat knows what they're feeling. It knows when to cheer them up. So I don't think it was unrealistic to have him in this. Uh, I think it it was great to have it because, you know, kids like animals. I mean, everyone likes animals, but, um, well, mostly everyone. <laughs> um, a lot of people like animals. And a lot of children like cats and dogs because they're most, like, they're the most um, basic, basic animals. So... Jess is my favorite character because he he's adorable. He is the most he's the cutest facial expressions. Uh, he's funny. Like my favorite scene is when 
he pops the balloon accidentally with his claws in like the first scene when his son well no what not his son postman pat's son was playing him him and his dad were playing and he pops it accidentally um jess pops it and he goes all over the place in the sky on houses and everywhere and and no one notices this and i'm and and while it's unrealistic, but it's also funny. It's so funny that no one notices. And then he gets banged by several different things. And he he finally gets, like, smacked into the truck, that like, the postal truck. And he's like, well, great. I just was, like, swung around everywhere and no one notices. So that's why I like him. Yeah, you know, I that's actually my second favorite scene as well. So and I know what scene you're talking about. That scene is very hilarious. Speaking of comedy, do you think comedy is the main genre, or do you think something else is? Well, I could I could see how people would say it was the main genre, because there were a lot of comedic parts and the comedic aspects, but... Uh, it's. I feel like it's animation and family and friends. I I really see people like little like mom, dad, sister, brother, maybe around the ages of six to seven, maybe to thirteen, and sitting down watching TV and putting this on. I really see that. I I do understand why comedy is a genre, but I don't think it's the main genre. Hmm. I definitely. I definitely agree. And, you know, a lot of genres for a lot of films. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good answer. So, what do you think of his technology and kind of his utensils? I mean, he has a whole helicopter that he uses. Do you think that's a bit extreme? Uh, I thought it was a little bit like a very, very small portion extreme because a postman wouldn't have that. But it's also, it's also a cartoon. You have to think about that. It's also a cartoon that people watch and they and they find entertaining and they find interesting and it's an entertainment resource. So I do um I do think it was a big stream, but again it's for it's for little it's for smaller kids. Uh, I do like the helicopter though, how he saved um how he saved the sheep. I thought that was that was really good in heroism. Yeah. So Yeah. I definitely agree. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about Postman Pat, Brianna. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure. Of course. If you want to see Postman Pat, you can find it in stores near you now. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to the Kids First Coming Attractions at Voice America Kids. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the Tech Team, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Are you ready to explore the amazing world under the sea? Your host is a certified scuba diver, explorer, he likes to cook, and most of all, he's just a kid like you. 
you'll find out a lot more lies under the sea than what you've seen on TV, in movies, and even in aquatic parks. You'll learn about all kinds of fish, as well as other sea creatures. We'll take you to some exotic destinations and so much more. There's a whole big world under sea just waiting to be discovered. Tune in to Under the Sea, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Kids. Every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly. Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids. What about the world concerns you? Is it future success? Is it world issues? Are you just looking to change the world in general? Tune in to What Up World? It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what you look like. Everyone is entitled to the same chance for success. Follow your dreams. Move forward. Make a difference. Tune in to What Up World every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Right now, we are talking with Jerry about the new film, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. So, Jerry, how are you doing? I'm doing very good. Thank you for asking. Well, thank you for being on the show with us and telling us all about this new film, which you recently saw and you were also at the premiere. Um, So I have not yet seen this film, but I'm very excited to because I absolutely love the children's book. And I always love it when they make um, like feature films off of just, you know, short children's books. They did that with um, Where the Wild Things Are. And I love that film. So I have high expectations for this one. And I heard that you also got to meet the author of the book. How was that? Well, meeting the author was uh, fantastic, and I asked her, how is it to see that your children's book is now an official film? She was unbelieved, honestly. She understood the play, which was an hour long. She understood the HBO special in 1990, which was a short animation, but she could not believe that Disney made an entire 90-minute film about it. And I also found out that this story is actually based off a bad day that her son had, which was very interesting. 
Oh, that's, I think that's actually kind of cute that she wrote a book about that. That's awesome. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about the film version of this adorable children's book that most of us probably know and love? Well, the story is that a young kid, just like the book, named Alexander, has a pretty bad day. And, well, his family really doesn't appreciate it. They're like, yeah, we're having such great days, and we really don't care about Alexander. And Alexander's kind of feeling really sucky. So, the night that, at 12 a.m., he turns 12, so he makes a wish that they know what it's feel like to have a bad day. And, whew, they have a bad day, and that's where I'm going to leave it, because you need to watch the film and see what this bad day holds. <laughs> well, from the looks of it, it seems like quite an interesting day full of some crazy stuff. It is. Um, so what did you think about the film based off of the children's book? Obviously, they had to add a lot of things um, to make it a feature-length film, as you said. So what did you think about it in comparison to the book? You know, I think the book, they did a lot of stuff related to the book. The, la the first, like, 30, 40 minutes is pretty much exactly the book. The rest of the, uh, I can't do the math in my head because 50 minutes, yeah, 50 minutes about, is pretty much their own story, which was very interesting to see because, obviously, 32-page uh, children's book is kind of hard to make into a 90-minute film. Absolutely. But they were able to pull it off. Well, I think that's awesome that they were able to add enough stuff and throw enough stuff in to have it be interesting. So what did you think about um, the acting done in this film uh, based off of these, you know, pretty simple characters that we see in the book? And now they have stars such as uh, Jennifer Garner, Steve Carell. How do you think they all did? Well, uh, Steve Carell and Jennifer Garner did just unbelievable and I just have to say the entire cast just did unbelievable, honestly. And there is even some small roles that said maybe two, three lines. You didn't think, man, you can't really rate them if they're good when they said two, three lines. Yes, I can. They did fantastic. And the directors and the casting people chose perfect people to play, even if you're just looking at a picture, uh, kind of sassy or kind of popular or kind of mean. And they did it all from a couple lines, which is just mind-blowing mm -hmm. well sometimes i find that in movies the best characters are the very small roles and the ones with you know not a ton of lines and not a super significant part so i think that's cool that it seems like the larger roles and the smaller roles were just full of a lot of talent um so do you have a favorite scene in this film no i think i'd have to say my favorite scene out of all of them hmm. well that's actually a really hard one because there's a lot of scenes, but I would have to say, <laughs> I have to say my favorite scene is when, like, they're kind of, like, ugh, this day, really. They're kind of driving home, and it's Alexander's birthday, and he has a party in, like, a couple hours, and everybody's in a trash van. The baby has marker on his mouth. The mom's hair is messed up. The dad's clothes are burnt, so the daughter is sick. So pretty much everybody's messed up and they're just driving home in this wrecked up van. And it is hilarious. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think that's definitely 
would be a funny moment when everyone's like, okay, this is just awful. Everyone is having an awful time. Um, but I've seen pictures and, you know, previews, and it definitely looks hilarious. Really You're listening is. to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and we have been talking about The Good Lie, Postman Pat, Jack, and the Cuckoo Clock Heart. And right now we are talking about Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And we have with us Jerry, who is telling us all about the film, and it's actually an adaptation from a children's book that most of us know and love and I definitely grew up reading that so I'm very excited to see a full-length feature film all about it. Um, So do you think that there are any hidden morals or messages in this film or would you say it's all just for laughs? There is a very good moral message and it's just one line that Alex says in the film. You know what that message is? What is it? It is that you have to have bad bad days to appreciate the good days. That and is I think absolutely that just, true. <laughs> yeah, that just says everything for the film. That is just the one line that represents the film. So talk to me a little bit about the cinematography in this film, because I know it's not like a crazy action adventure, doesn't have like CGI and tons of special effects, but I know there also are some sort of fantastical elements to the story and some of the crazy stuff they go through. So what did you think about the cinematography and the visuals? You know, they did pretty fantastic. I have to say, one of my other favorite scenes is when the sister kind of gets high on cough medicine, then does a play where she's hanging from a rope, flying like Peter Pan. She is playing playing Peter Pan. So, (laughs) And they did a perfect cinematography on that. They did a white shot pretty much making it look like a play. And that was just hilarious. And also my favorite scene that I was talking about in the minivan, they zoomed up on each of them, and that was just beautiful and very smooth. Mm-hmm. I think it's sometimes it's a little bit hard to like appreciate the cinematography in um, sort of less epic adventures when people aren't off in like fantasy galaxies because we've gotten so used to seeing like crazy CGI and like special effects and all this stuff. But sometimes it's nice to just appreciate the basics of film with movies like this and let sort of the plot do all of the work instead of relying heavily on visuals. So I'm glad that you enjoyed the visuals in this film. So. In this family, there are lots of different characters. Um, There are, you know, the six people in this family, um, and they all have their own troubles that they go through throughout the day, and they all have their own awful moments that they have to deal with, and their own kooky personalities. So if you could play one person in Alexander's family, who would you be? Well, the sister's an actress, so I think I would go with the sister, (laughs) because I know how this feels. She gets sick. And she has a play that day. Mm-hmm. Countless times I have to go premiere for kids first, and I get sick that morning. I'm like, oh, God. So I definitely know where she's coming from, where she tries to drink a liter of cough medicine. Oh, no. And so I definitely think I can relate to the sister the best. Yeah, I have definitely. I've been acting since I was six, as, as most of you guys at Kids First know. And... um I've been sick so many times, like, right before plays, or it's always, like, right before auditions, and so it's so awful because I go into audition and I'm like, just so you know, I'm sick, I'm not normally like this, so I definitely know how it feels to be like, dang it, this is not the time, not the time to be sick. (laughs) Yeah. So, how many stars do you give this film on a scale of one to five? You know, 
I'm gonna actually have to give it five out of five stars because the comedy itself, it's not normal Hollywood comedy that we see every day. That's kind of cheesy now after a while, after hundreds of films with them. It's unique and pretty hilarious comedy. And honestly, comedy only Steve Carell can help with. Absolutely. So. I love Steve Carell. He's so fabulous. And what did you think of his character in this film? I wanted to ask you that. How do you think he did? You know, they did a good job by making him not a character that is the main. He was a supporting character. Mm-hmm. And honestly, everybody was a supporting character. There was no main character. Even though Alexander was in the title, he's also not a main character. It just kind of revolves around his family more. Yeah. So it's like, like his 20. family is the main thing as a unit. That's nice. Yeah, I really love Steve Carell when he's, I mean, movies where he's the lead is always awesome because he's a fabulous actor. Um, but I love him in more supporting roles, especially in a film, um, The Way Way Back, which came out last year. I think he was a supporting role in this film. He's just a wonderful character all the time. Um, but I think sometimes it's nice to see him in a smaller role. Um, so before we are out of time, can you tell me uh, what age rating you recommend this film? You know, there's really nothing that parents should worry about. Maybe a couple references to inappropriate things. That's about it. So I give an age rating of 9 to 18. Mm-hmm. Well, I cannot wait to check out this film. It seems like a wonderful family movie. Um, so guys, be sure to check this film in the theaters on October 10th. Jerry, thank you so much for telling us all about Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Of course. Thank you so much for talking to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, from Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Again, we have with us Jerry, who is going to be talking to us all about the new animation, Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart. So, Jerry, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. Absolutely. Good to talk with you again about another new film that looks fabulous. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this new animation, Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart? Well, Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart is actually a pretty complex story, like uh, our last film. But pretty much it's about a boy who uh, is born with a frozen heart. He's born on the coldest day on Earth, and he has a frozen heart. And he's born with a frozen heart. Luckily, they can replace his heart with a clock. But he has three rules. He can never touch a specific part of the clock. 
and he can never, ever fall in love. That's the most important rule. And he can never get angry. So, obviously, you think this is a romance. Yeah, he falls in love. And this is about his adventure, though he's in pain, tries to fall in love. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds definitely more of a complex story than I thought it was going to be. Um, so tell me a little bit about the animation and the visuals in this film, because I'm looking at some images from it right now, and the animation looks really beautiful, actually. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that. You know, the animation is, it is actually really beautiful. They do a perfect touch of romance, but a perfect touch of still an animation. And I have not seen a romantic animation in a long time. They did really good on it, so... Kudos to them, and very nice choice of animation. I do agree with you. Well, I'm very glad that you like it. Yeah, this animation, it looks very unique. Definitely um, more artistic and sort of whimsical than stuff that I've seen recently. So I think that's very cool. Um, So is this a foreign film? It is a foreign film, and I actually did was able to watch the English version. You can see a couple places it was a foreign film. But mm-hmm. um, it's a very unique film because it kind of takes place in the 1800s, but a different world almost. It's a very unique and it's a very interesting film, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I, I definitely think that foreign films are very, very interesting when they're made into, um, you know, English language because sometimes they don't translate very well, but I think that's pretty cool that you enjoyed it. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the characters in this film because it is a very whimsical story. So I'm assuming it definitely has some very whimsical characters to it. Well, yeah, we have a witch. We have a very interesting girl. We have a two-headed, very pretty girl, and we also have the man who invented the camera, my favorite character, and <laughs> we, of course, have Jack, who has the cuckoo clock heart. So there is definitely a lot of characters, but it relates all around Jack because he is the main character, and he, it is about his story, mm-hmm. and, which is very interesting, honestly, because there is parts that are not completely about him, but are related to his kind of friends and stuff. But it works out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as you mentioned, your favorite character is the man who invented the camera. Talk to me a little bit more about him. Tell me his story. Why do you like him? Explain. Well, because he invented the camera. That's why I like him. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, he, uh, he kind of helps Jack after he has to be abandoned because the cops want him. I'm not going to spoil anything. you got to watch the film. But he doesn't really know what to do, and he almost kind of gets killed. Oh, and- goodness. Then this inventor with this broken camera is like, oh, God, no, it's not working. Hello, kid, would you like to come with me? And, of course, Jack goes with him, and he fixes Jack's heart because it's kind of not working. Or clock, I should say. And from the clock, he learns how to, well, kind of fix his camera so it works. They go to this different place, and he makes the first film and helps Jack with his kind of romance errors and kind of helps him actually a lot. So, talk to me about how relatable this film is, because I know most people don't have clock hearts and go on a journey to fall in love, even though they're not supposed to. Um, So, even though it's sort of a fantastical story, um, are there any elements to it that you can relate to, or any characters that you think might be relatable to people? I can definitely relate to being uh, unique and kind of being pushed around for that, because he he wants to go to school. He learns about school. He wants to go there. So his mo- his 
mother that, well, it's not his real mom, just his mother, but she lets him go to school, and he goes to school, and he gets bullied for many years, like four years, because he has a clock heart, and he's different. And I can relate to that, and I can relate to being different and not understanding what's wrong with that. So I think mm-hmm. I can relate to Jack and his heart, honestly, him being different. So going off of your answer to that question, do you think that um, bullying and sort of uh, the fact that a lot of times people are bullied for their differences is one of the morals in this story? It, it really isn't. The moral is, well, the moral is, is that it's a very kind of interesting moral, actually. I think the moral mostly is that never doubt somebody. Because everybody thinks Jack is useless. They think that Jack really can't do anything. But he can do stuff. He's a very smart boy. Just because he has this heart doesn't mean he should be treated differently. See, I think that's a wonderful message. Because in our society, we fear things that we don't understand. And we are cruel when we don't understand things. And so I think it's definitely a very important message to get across. That even if someone is different or you don't necessarily understand them or their differences, they're still human or you know whatever creature they may be for that specific movie. But, you know, we need to treat everyone with respect and treat people how we wish to be treated, as the saying goes. (laughs) You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we have been talking about The Good Lie, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, Pat, the Postman Pat, and right now we are talking about Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart with Jerry, and it is a foreign animated film about a boy who has a clock for a heart and his quest to find acceptance and fall in love, which sounds super beautiful. Um, so what age range would you recommend this film for, considering the fact that it is sort of more of a romance, I guess? You know, this film, even to me, it was a bit on the boring side. I mean, to love other people that are all about romance and love, I'm sure it'll be very interesting. To me, it was kind of boring after the hour. I knew the ending, and I knew what's going to happen to all the characters. So it was kind of like, nah. And they really spoiled a lot. Like, you, they didn't have to wait. You, they shouldn't have made you wait. Well, they should have made you wait, and they didn't, which was very kind of downer. But I think a good age range is honestly 9 to 18, because they'll enjoy it, and a lot of older kids will enjoy it a lot more, definitely. Sure, if someone like you saw the film, like at your age, they will mm-hmm. love it a lot more. So do you think that this animation can sort of compare to any of the other more mature animations that we've seen, um, such as some of the ones coming from Tim Burton and, you know, The Corpse Bride and um, movies like that? Do you think that this sort of compares to films like that? No, because this is a romance, and I have not seen a good romance like this in a long time. So I think this film is one of a kind, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's unique like Jack honestly, and no no one can make the exact same thing. It's it's unique, definitely. Yes. Uh, so this film is an animation, as we've stated, and it is very whimsical, as we've also stated, but it's also set in the 19th century. So how do you think they captured um, that time period and that era and the way, you know, outfits were and styles were and the surroundings? Do you think that that was captured or was that sort of left out since it is more whimsical? You know, they definitely captured it. There's two parts of the story. One part is in the 1900 city, 
it's definitely the 1900 city. It's pretty normal, uh, well, place for 1900s. And then there you go to this different area. I think it's near France, honestly. And it's a completely different world. It's people kind of like Jack that have something special about them. And they're different because of that. I mean, there's this guy you really never introduced the character, but he doesn't have a body. He, he's just a face and like sticks coming out of his head. <laughs> My goodness, that sounds very interesting. Yeah, so it's a completely different world. So I think part of the film, they made it look like 1900, but they don't include any cars or anything like that. They include a roller coaster, which I thought was pushing it a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know. Well, that's kind of what happens when you sort of add that whimsical element to movies. You can just sort of throw in whatever you want and get away with it because creative license and all that, all that nonsense. Um, so what did you think about the sort of, I mean, I guess it's not really costume design since they're not really wearing costumes, but what did you think about the style and the design of their clothing? Because from what I can tell from the movie poster, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool designs. (laughs) You know, surprisingly enough about the costume and stuff, they did keep it 1900s. They didn't make a full-blown 2014 style with a T-shirt saying something cool about it and some shorts and sandals. No, like a hashtag they, swag t-shirt? Yes, hashtag swag t-shirt. They did not re- include a hashtag swag t-shirt, and thank God they didn't. But they did include suits and stuff that kids would wear back then. Because kids back then, whew, they would not joke around with clothing. They'll put it on oh, a yeah. suit, they'll put on a tuxedo, they'll put on a dress, nightgown. They'll go all the way. Yes, absolutely. Everybody was very proper and very fancy. Sometimes I wish that we still could dress that way and everyone would just be super classy and fancy and all that. All that jazz. Yes. <laughs> well, Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart is out on DVD now. Um, so definitely be sure to check it out if you're a fan of animation, if you're a fan of sort of whimsical adventures, if you're a fan of romance, if you just want to go watch a different movie that you're not really used to. Definitely check this out because it sounds wonderful. And I, for one, will definitely be watching this film. Uh, so, Jerry, thank you so much for telling us all about this movie. I can't wait to check it out. Of course. Thank you so much for speaking to me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. You can experience more Kids First fun, watch our film reviews, and see your favorite up-and-coming film critic, and also find out how you can become part of the Kids First family by going to www.kidsfirst.org. Also, be sure to check out our blog on the Huffington Post. I'm your host, Raitman Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week. Hello, my name is Lindsay Marie from Phoenix, Arizona and host of Bookworm. The kids are of the month. This month is Back in School, Neil Brewer and Friends. Let's listen to Dodgeball. Look out, Mary's got the ball. And her eyes are set on you She's lean, she's mean, she's quick and tall There's nothing you can do One time she drew a beat on Fred Back when he first moved in She slung one straight upside his head Fred hasn't played since then 
we laughed when we first saw her throw With that wind-up fling and twirl Now every single kid I know Tries throwing like that girl But none of us have matched her way Perhaps it's in the eyes We only know that when she plays We drop like swatted flies Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary gonna make us fall It ought to be against the law She should even play it all Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary sure is beautiful But friend, I wouldn't tell her that Cause she'll wind up hard And you'll wind up flat Same thing happens every day Mary puts us in our place Though we try, we cannot get away From that Mona Lisa face Each day we wonder who it is She's gonna level first And when she's through with what she does We all line up for the nurse Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary's gonna make us fall It ought to be against the law She should even play it all Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary sure is beautiful But friend, I wouldn't tell her that Cause she'll wind up hard And you'll wind up flat When I go out into the world Don't know what job I'll do But I can bet I'm no one girl Who's gonna run a wrecking crew Dodgeball, dodgeball Fall, it ought to be against the law She should even play it on Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary sure is beautiful But friend, I wouldn't tell her that Cause she'll wind up hard She gonna wind up hard She gonna wind up hard And you'll wind up flat The Kid Star Album of the Month is Back in School by Neil Brewer and Friends. All musical proceeds Neil Brewer and Friends received are donated to the Harvard Stem Cell Institute to put an end to a muscular dystrophy. For more information, go to the Kid Star website www.kidstar.org.